Life in a Time of Plague, Julian Roop, Sussex, 15th and 16th April, 2020. Thank God for the BBC. I finished my thousand words for the day and switch on the radio to hear the one o'clock news. After the usual depressing litany of woe, there is a repeat of the history of the world in 100 objects by the former director of the British Museum, the brilliant Neil McGregor. Today he is speaking about Stone Age hand axes. These tools accompanied man for at least a million years, unchanged in their design. Originating in Africa's Olduvai Gorge, they came north and have been found all over Europe, the Middle East, and even here in Britain, pulled out of a cliff on the Norfolk coast. Often they are objects of great beauty, as well as functionality, able to cut up a woolly mammoth or a deer. McGregor says scientists have found that when these objects are being napped from flint, the same part of the brain used for language is activated, and so they believe that this tool-making coincided with the start of human speech. Some of the axes, the very beautiful ones, seem uncomfortably large to be used easily, and McGregor wonders if they were not something of a status symbol. Powerful men co-opting art to project power in the same way we see at Christie's and Sotheby's auctions, when a Picasso is being sold for millions. This thought takes me back to Rhodes University in Grahamstown, South Africa, where I studied anthropology for three years and flirted briefly with the idea of becoming an anthropologist. But reason prevailed, and I became a journalist instead. During those three years, I had some contact with hand axes, and many years later, at Bonham's Fine Art Auction House in London's Bond Street, where I ran the press office, I had the privilege of holding these Stone Age axes in my hand once more, and marvelling at their beauty, bewitched by their vast age. Holding such objects gave me a thrill, knowing as I did that I must be linked by family to these objects, the number of Australopithecines being relatively few in number, a sort of human holy grail, embodying food, processing, functionality, protection as a weapon, status symbol, and art object all in one. The vast arc of time they represent also gave me an almost out-of-body experience while standing next to Joanna van der Lande, the head of antiquities at Bonhams, who showed me these miraculous stone survivals. Sitting in the garden today, listening to Neil McGregor speaking so eloquently about these hand axes, time collapses for a little while, and I forget lockdown and the coronavirus. These objects also help me gain some perspective on mankind's current predicament and mine. What, after all, are a few weeks in lockdown against the span of the ages? The great accumulation of time those axes bring with them dwarfs my little life, and another few weeks or another decade of life seem neither here nor there. We've had another food delivery from our usual supplier, and Jan has over-ordered on the pickles, not realising they are restaurant size. We are now have enough dill pickle gherkins in two huge jars 
each a foot and a half tall, to keep a Jewish deli in business for at least a month. I wonder what a slice would be like with the G&T. The postman delivered a letter from the NHS today, offering sympathy for my being stuck at home for 12 weeks and suggesting ways of keeping amused, reading, listening to music and cooking being some of the suggestions. They have also just texted me to say I should expect a telephone call checking up on me to see if I have all that I need. The troublemaking side of my nature wonders what would happen if I asked for a full body massage when they call. They never do, sadly. Listening to the news once more, the lackluster health minister, Matt Hancock, who looks sicker by the day, was finally, reluctantly, promising the social care sector some help with personal protective clothing, PPE. Thousands of sick and elderly citizens are dying in their care homes, and the staff who are trying to help them are exhausted and at their wits' end. When this shit show is over, and Britain is found to lead Europe, possibly the world, with its death toll, I do hope that Boris's recent comment is recalled, that spending uh, police budgets on child abuse claims is, quote, spaffing money up the wall. Spaff is slang for ejaculate, and I have to presume here Johnson means the money spent on child abuse claims would be wasted. Let's hope his self-image as Britain's new Churchill is remembered for the sick joke that it is, as he has certainly spaffed Britain up against the wall with his half-assed response to the coronavirus. How many thousands of dead would be alive today if we had a competent Prime Minister? I would be King of the World, as he told his sister Rachel was his ambition as a child, is just another sad, deluded little Trump light. There is a further depressing descant to the song of destruction echoing across Britain. News of the scammers who are using the disaster to line their own pockets. People are selling fake masks or just pretending to, others shipping cocaine in under medical supplies, and many others who don't miss an opportunity to kick us when we are down. If we are at war, these people are traitors and saboteurs who should suffer the same fate if this was a, sh a shooting war. Is that too much to hope for? I am so often angry just now. Helping my mood and preventing me going on a killing spree of my own are the hundreds of yachting vlogs I have watched during this time and before it too. Thanks to these vlogs from so many, especially the two that got me into this watching spree in the first place, the remarkable couple on La Vagabond, the team who sailed the climate protester Greta Thunberg and her father across the Atlantic to Lisbon, and sailing vessel Delos, which has been going around the world for a decade with its two brothers, who had not sailed previously and suddenly decided to run off to sea. Remarkable people all, whose courage, fortitude, inventiveness and great good humour in the face of sometimes overwhelming weather is humbling. Free-range sailing is another favourite, a young couple who are hugely knowledgeable about living off the sea and the land. This morning I found a new one that did something truly remarkable. It dropped 50 years off my age and made me feel 20 again, however briefly. Four young American surfer sailors 
led by a grizzled Frenchman, took a gunboat catamaran named Vela from Hawaii to the Lion Islands a thousand miles to the south at a very respectable pace. It is so charged with male energy and goodwill and esprit de corps that I long to be twenty again and full of vim and vigour, thrilled by the world and all that it offered. At one point on the journey, Vela is moving slowly in very light airs, and the lads leap in for a swim. There is a wonderful underwater image of one of the crew hanging onto the runner boards, pulled along horizontally in the deep blue. It is the absolute image of an undersea angel flying through the sea. Thanks to these videos, I am regularly at sea rather than in my rickety steamer chair in the garden. They have taken me, these videos, vicariously, minus seasickness, across every ocean on earth, to the Arctic and the Antarctic, the cruising grounds of the Caribbean, the Mediterranean and Thailand. I've circumnavigated the world with SV Delos and watched families form on Ron, Delos and La Vagabond. Thanks guys, you've all been lifesavers. As I look down the lawn, there is a path sprinkled with daisies where my footsteps to the horse's feed room through the winter has compacted the soil, encouraging this blossoming in the grass, a floral snowdrift that commemorates my morning and evening strides across the green, a spur of flowers, lost net and spur, they say in Africa, leave only footprints. With this writing, I'm doing my best.